even deeper than that, do you even want to be married? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm probably like one of like the five percent of guys who maybe has dreamt about being married for a long time. Oh, that's dope. Okay, so you dreamt like, about it? Yeah, like for a long time, and I think that you know, just getting personal. I I've been journaling for like my entire life. I started picking that up when I was in the fifth grade. That's good. And I remember writing like in my journal about my family and what did I want my family to look like. I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Now, as a national playwright, I've penned dozens of shows about relationships. As a filmmaker, I've documented the most beautiful committal of lovers at weddings. And as a divorcee, I know firsthand the brevity of marriage and the pain of its loss. I'm the Terrasaw Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, the Terrasaw Whitfield. Man, this gentleman that I have in studio today, I'm so excited to sit down and talk with him. Let me just give you a little bit of background on him. This brother is the founder of Fit Man Cook, an online community that inspires men and women to eat healthy and stay fit with healthy recipes. He has garnered over 2 million followers around the world on his social media platforms, inspiring people to eat healthy and focus on nutrition, health, and wellness. In addition to his social media following on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, this brother has created his own app called The Fit Man Cook. It's featured in over 80 countries and has garnered over 7,000 five-star reviews on Apple on the Apple App Store. In 2018, he released his own cookbook. Man, this brother is making some things happen. He's been featured in Forbes, Men's, Men's Health, Self, and Shape Magazine, as well as television appearances on Live with Kelly and Ryan, Rachel Ray Show, Today, Good Morning America, the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders, Making the Team, and many others. Listen, I'm running out of breath just talking about all his accolades. This brother is doing the doggone thing. His latest venture is the launch of the Fit, the Fit Cook featuring his own line of spices had a couple of my homegirls that that saw that the other day and said that they're about to order it but today i have this brother not talking about business and all this professional acumen but to actually talk about his love life and what it's like being an african-american man in pursuit of love welcome to the dear future wifey podcast my homie kevin curry what's going on kevin how you doing (laughs) i don't think you have time for no love life all this stuff you're doing like do you even have time to even go out with somebody uh yes and no tell me tell me tell me the yes and the no of it uh yes i have time um yes i have time to do it but no i feel like i don't have time oftentimes yeah but it's uh i'm looking and i need someone to help me slow down Oh, that's good right there. And that's what a good woman would do is help you slow down for a reason. Yeah, but I can't put that all like on her. I have to want it too. I know it. So, so, so do you want, are you in the place in your life right now where you want to experience real love, relationship, um, even deeper than that? Do you even want to be married? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm probably like one of like the 5% of guys who maybe dreamt about being married for a long time oh that's dope okay so you dreamt about it yeah like for a long time and i think that you know just getting personal i i've been journaling for like my entire life and i started picking that up when i was in the fifth grade that's good and i remember writing like in my journal about my family and what did i want my family to look like and i found a journal um back from 2012 i found it maybe like last year over at my parents' house, and I was reading it, and in the front of the journal, it had my goals for the year, and it was to get married. And thinking in about in 2012, my, you're talking about eight years ago. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that uh, in every single journal that I had like completed, that was in there. And so part of it, and this is I'm already fast forwarding. Oh, good. Part Let's of go part there. of what I was learning in therapy is that like sometimes you know it's okay to pursue and really want that. But I had, it had become almost like an obsession where it made me unhappy. What, pursuing marriage? Yeah, because it wasn't happening for me. And everything else in your life you've been able to accomplish. Right. And so in the business stuff, that part was, it's coming really easy. Yeah. Um, And because my love life wasn't catching up with my business life, I felt, I guess, like inadequate. I felt incomplete. You know what? I'm going to call this episode No Recipe for Love. Mm. 
So what I did back in um, 2018 is, is I made this pact for myself. And I made this post um, so that way I can put myself on blast. And I said, I'm going to stop ziplocking my life. And it was a shot of me in Iceland. And, and I took my cousin with me, and we were traveling and doing videos and whatnot and just an amazing trip. And the reason why I posted that, I said, uh, about two years ago when I was fully committed in this relationship, I was trying to get wifey to go to Iceland, <laughs> and she never wanted to go. She wanted to do the beach stuff, and I went to the beach um, but I always set aside that trip to go to Iceland when I was booed up and I kept putting off the trip, putting off the trip and putting off ah, the trip. I see what you're going and with so this I said, all right, Kev, you can't keep ziplocking your life waiting for that perfect moment. You need to live right now. Oh, that's so good. I posted that to say, this is my new thing. So, so when you ask me the question, am I looking and do I want that? Yes, but I can't obsess about that because what happened when I was obsessing about it, I was, ziplocking a large part of my life and not really living it. I wasn't living in the moment. I was waiting. Like It's kind of like that room in an old person's house, in a white room that you can't yeah. really go in. Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah. plastic all over the couch. Exactly. And that's what you, and that's what we do oftentimes like with our life. Then we don't really allow ourselves to like enjoy a vacation or a restaurant or a meal or something like that because we think that it's got to be reserved for that special someone. Right. And so you found yourself, and when, when, when was this come-to-Jesus moment with yourself? Oh, what what year did that happen? This happened, this probably around like 2018. And 2018, so since then, really. So since then, what have you started doing that you were reserving for your quote-unquote wifey? Oh, traveling a lot more and embracing those, like, experiences. I, you know, I would deliberately not, not want to go to some places, um, just thinking that I've got to go ahead and reserve that. Um, and also, uh, you, you know, just being a lot more liberal with the stuff that I wanted to do. So, like, for instance, I'm always thinking about, like, my parents and my family, like here, you know, my nephews. But I was thinking, like, I can't, like, it's great to put them first. and It's great to consider them. Yeah. But when it comes to living my own life, I have to go ahead and do that. So if that means that considering to move away to a different state or a different country. You would do that? I can do that. Yeah. Would you I've do given that? given myself permission to do that, yeah. Wow. So, Kevin, it ain't like you have a shortage of women trying to shoot at you. I just know it's women sliding in your DMs. So, 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 first of all, I'm making this assumption. Am I assuming correctly that women do approach you? Yes. All right. And so, what do you find? What, how are you weeding out the ones that you decide to give attention to and those that you leave on red status? Yeah. Um, Okay, man, that's a really loaded. That's a really yeah. good question. That's really loaded. So the you know, the first thing is that I generally don't respond to women in my DMs, just because like I don't. I've done that before, going on a date, and it just seems kind of weird because the whole time they want to talk about what I do. Yeah. And I'm like you kind of know what I do already, right? Yeah. Um, and then you also, um, you know, like got the ones who, like for instance, on the dating apps was really awkward like i'd be going on a date or, or trying to go on the date and I, and I would get texts from friends or people in my dms they would send me photos of me on your date and then, oh. that, well that too that's happened before but send me my profile pic in my dm time out look who i found on the app like <laughs> <laughs> which is is so awkward and weird and just like who like, why would you do that? Like, now you just make it weird. And then I go out with someone, you know, we're all talking, we're vibing. And she's like, so what do you do? Oh, I just cook and stuff. I work for brands. And she's like, okay, well, what type of stuff do you cook? Oh, like, you know, healthy meals. Mm. So do you have your own restaurant? No, I don't have my own restaurant. I'm trying, trying to figure it out. No, they're not trying to figure it out. They just want me to just to go ahead and, go ahead and admit it. And I would just rather you just go ahead and say. Yeah. Hey, hey you're the guy from Fit Man Cook. Right. In fact, you know what? I'll go ahead and tell you, like, uh, it actually happened with my ex. And I was with her, like, you know, the longest. But the way she did it, I thought was actually okay. So this is our second date. We're out, you know, and then she asked me, like, you know, what I do. And I told her that I cook and stuff. And then. And so uh, it gets quiet because she's recognizing that I'm just not going to go, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to say anything. Yeah, I'm not say, anymore. hey, I'm out there on social media posting and saying, boom, spring cilantro on food. <laughs> so 
she gets up, comes around the table, and sits next to me, and she says, I want you to know something that I do follow you um, on social media, and I think it's cool that you don't really leave with that and want to talk about that, but I don't want you to think that that's the reason why I'm going out with you, that's and good. I also don't want you to think that I'm trying to lead you to something, but I, I recognize that you're uncomfortable really talking about that right now, but I don't want you, but I want you to know that I know, you know, what you she do. She handled that like a G. She did. Man. Yeah. We were together for a you minute. said she got up and came to the side of the table you were on. Yep. Man, I like that boy. She handled that real yeah. player. She said, "Let me just go and break this down to you, boo." Yeah. So I thought that was really good. I remember exactly where I was when she said it. So tell me, what is that? What's the disconnect from what you do versus when you're trying to get to know somebody? How does that affect that for them to try to be, you know, keep that in level of obscurity or something? Why, why, why is that a factor? It's not necessarily like, you know, a factor, but when you go out on a date, I mean, um, do you talk about your job all the time? Nah, well, no, nah, because most time we talk to guys, we're talking men. We talk about jobs and professions, and we're in relationships and women. We like to talk about love life and no, no, no. Ones. I'm talking about you know. But you asked me like, what's the disconnect on like a date, right? Yeah, yeah. I generally just don't talk about like my job. Like no one really does. They'll mention and, it. And so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In passing, and let's move on. Let's try to get up underneath the surface and you know and really connect. And I just think that like I just don't want to talk about that the entire time. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just that I have, I have no problem talking about it, you know, and I have done both where I just kind of hit it like head on. So how did you meet your ex? Was it on a dating site or was it? Tinder. On Tinder. So are you still on dating sites? No. Why? Is that, was that a bit overwhelming? It was overwhelming and it just didn't really pan out the way I wanted it to. And I also just didn't like, um, the frequency of people sending me my profile pic on social media. <laughs> sending you your profile yeah, pic. Tommy, like, this is you. I know yeah, it's me. I put yeah, it up there. Yeah, I'm not being catfish. This is exact <laughs> it's actually me. And um and sometimes, you know, like I, I think maybe I think maybe women are surprised by the type of women I'm attracted to, too. Like, Uh-oh. full body. Uh-oh. Okay. And so I remember going out with this. Hold woman. on, you said the type that you're attracted to. Yeah. Well and <sighs> You know, I don't really have a type type, mm-hmm. but like a healthy body doesn't really scare me. I'll just go and say that. Yeah. So I remember going out with this one chick. She's um, she wanted to meet up, and I was really happy about it because we had a really good like back and forth. Yeah. And she was a little heavy set. All right. I don't. Yeah. Mind, you know, so I go out, and she comes into the restaurant, and she's got this scowl like on her face, like, mm. and I think that scowl was, oh. You actually are who you said you are, and I think that she just getting. It was hard for her to to put her app, you know, to wrap yeah, her mind about around why her. are you here with her. Yeah, and whatever we had via text, she just left via text. In person, it was terrible. She, she sabotaged really, herself. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable for her. She straight up sabotaged herself. You know, I'm not sure if it's, I mean. It was sure. because if she just, if she automatically disqualified herself from something that you already qualified her for, uh, that's what we call sabotage. Yeah. And it's like, it was no reason. And because she may have, like I said, she didn't feel like she was worthy of what it is. So you said that you're, you're, you're open. You're not the type that wants the, the Instagram model chick. Uh, you like them all. Yeah. But I mean, the Instagram model chick, first off, no. Like, my wife is never going to be an Instagram model like that. That's just off the, no. No, just not going to happen. No, I don't like that. That's, um, yeah, yeah, no. That's, that's, not, that's not even, that wasn't even a thought. And it, I guess maybe people think that I'm into that. Yeah, because they feel like, because it's a, it's a follower type But thing. I'm not that. So it, yeah. it's, I think it's kind of weird, too, especially, I mean, some guys would be like, well, she ain't fine enough. I'm like, well, bro, you don't. Let's not let's not be too generous with the way that you think that you look about yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, like, I'm not an Instagram model. I'm not, I'm not gonna tell someone they can't be. You ain't Instagram model, <laughs> nigga. You ain't Instagram nigga, model. You ain't no Instagram. <laughs> so, so you you have a tendency not to. But do you have chicks like that that try to approach you? What do you mean, Instagram models? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you just. Nothing. 
What do you there's mean? Nothing like for a, you, meaning like you don't. It's well, not, nothing serious. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing serious. I thought she meant that you connect. I was like, well, I have in the past, but this, but there's nothing serious though about that. I, I just you take it for what that is, and it's just that. <laughs> what does that mean, Kevin? When you yeah. say you take it for what it is, what does that mean, Kevin? It's just for a moment. Yeah. Just a moment. There's nothing salacious about that. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm a grown man. I'm almost <laughs> forty. I'm not gonna. <laughs> you know, there's nothing salacious. Absolutely, you you know, you take, you take a the moment book. and then you, you know, keep it moving. Yeah. And I think what's also gratifying about those experiences is that is is that we both have that understanding. Yes. And that since she is desperately concerned about the way she looks on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a little bit more like, you know, calm and security that like nothing is going to get too crazy yeah, because she yeah. doesn't want that. Yes. Yes. Mutual respect. I always right. say that's the, that's the most powerful thing. You made a, uh, an Instagram post yep. back in July that really caught my attention. Um, <laughs> dear Jasmine, dear Jasmine, we get a lot of, uh, emails about that. You know why? It's because it's, it's. What we do on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, we keep it lit. That stands yeah. for living intentionally and transparently. And so what has made this podcast resonate with viewers is because our guests are just transparent and honest. And one of the things that you said earlier without even knowing the common thread on our guests is that you admittedly said that you seek therapy. Mm -hmm. And all the guests that have come on here pretty much have said that they go see therapists. Right. And that's so dope. And I feel like that's not spoken a lot, spoken, uh, spoken much about in our communities, but I, re I respect what you just said. I'm going to take a moment and read this. It says, you stood me up. Jasmine was amazing. We met on mass.com. She was Southern smart, made me laugh and looked amazing in her sundress. The museum stroll with jazz and wine made a great first date. It was refreshing since I had not been feeling that well for our third date. She invited me over so she could cook for me jackpot finally my subscription to match.com was paying off still i didn't feel well a feeling all too familiar during the summer while everyone enjoyed fun the sun i wore depression and anxiety like clothes happiness was hard but i faked it i pushed back our date a few days hoping i'd feel better it didn't it just got worse the day of our date i found myself sitting in the hospital waiting room disappointed and embarrassed that something as simple as smiling and laughing could feel impossible sure my life had challenges but it wasn't bad and yet here i was in the waiting room at my lowest i wrote and rewrote a text to jasmine trying to explain until ultimately i didn't then she broke the silence you stood me up kevin along with a few other words about how i was just like other guys i deserved it but i couldn't text hey i didn't stand you up i'm just in the hospital being treated for depression and on suicide watch who would want to date a guy like that? I was too embarrassed to respond. I got better over the years. Counseling helped, helped me better understand my mental health. I stopped medicating with food and alcohol and learned to manage when I wasn't feeling at my best. Cooking helped. I think of Jasmine in passing and wonder how my life could have looked had I just been honest. Would she have understood and still made plans to see me or not? I'll never know. And that's the part I regret. First of all, I want to thank you for your transparency and honesty to actually speak about something that very few people are bold enough, honest about uh, to actually share. In that moment, you talked about the biggest regret. And of course, Jasmine is just a made up name. But yeah. what was special about Jasmine that keeps you thinking about this missed opportunity? That I may call the one who got away. Yeah. What's the comfort level? She made me laugh. You know, it's not, you know, for me, it's not food. It's if you can make me laugh. Um, and she did just that. And it was good. It was comfortable. And then without even even prompting, she wanted to cook for me. So I was like, oh, that, so that reminds me of something that I've seen before, like my mom. Yes. And so just getting really excited about that. And at the same time, you know, it's, uh, and that's why depression is so bad. Yes. And I'm not talking about the depression when like your goldfish dies and you're yeah. sad or you lose your job. And those are things, you know, that are serious too. I'm talking about the chronic depression where like you don't really know like where it's coming from and there's no reason for, for you to be sad and despondent. And that's where I was. So it was a very frustrating place to be in because how do I express that? And like, you make me really happy, but right now I'm just really sad and I don't know how to manage my emotions. I've gotten, they're all like bottled up. Yes. And so how did you, how did you overcome that? Or is that still a process of overcoming? Yeah, it's still a process of overcoming. You know, one thing that I've discovered through therapy and just seeking this out is that um, I, I struggle with something called seasonal sad. I mean, you know, summer sad, which is summer seasonal affective disorder. 
And when the temperature changes, when the climates change, some people can respond differently. And about 10% of the population have summer sad. So in the summertime, my anxiety level and my depression levels are at an all-time high. My serotonin levels are extremely low. Um, I have trouble eating. Really? Yeah, I have a lot of trouble eating. Um, and it's, it, it requires a lot of effort and energy to get going. So what people see on the camera is, hey, what's going on, guys? And that's, and that's me. That's genuinely me. I'm not acting. Like, I genuinely love that. But what they don't know is that it takes a lot more effort for you to do that. For me to go ahead and do that. But is that specifically in the summer? It's, yes. It's higher in the summertime. It can be throughout the year, but mine is, it peaks in the summertime. So during the winter and other months, I don't really notice it as much. And I didn't, and it took me a minute, you know, to actually kind of get that because that, that note still like about Jasmine yeah. that happened during the summertime. And I wasn't putting those things together until the therapist was like, well, you could have said, and you've never heard of that before. I've never heard of that I before. I haven't even until you told me. And I was like, yeah. what? That's a, that's a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a really big thing. It, it's a common thing. In fact, the first time I heard it was in passing when I was in Boston for grad school. And they told us on the first day of, of class, they said, hey, um, beware of sad. Because up there in the East Coast, oh, okay, yeah. in Boston, so it gets like it's super cold. Yeah. And then it gets dark at 4 o'clock. I'm talking about like 9 p.m. dark around 4.30 or so. And when it's cold, people just go to pubs and they drink. And then that's when I kind of develop a lot of those habits. Yeah. But I really wasn't getting it. I was around friends. I was dating at the time. Yeah. It wasn't until after grad school when I came back to Texas that it just kind of hit me. That's pretty deep, man. And I'm glad that you're transparent enough to share about that. Did you ever at any point, decide to reach out to her and just tell her, hey, this is what I was going through? I did. You did? I did think about that, yeah, um, obviously. But you and just never did? I just never did. Um, you know, I was in my head about it. And that's the part that I talked about with, like, the regret. Because I'm not sure how my life, you know, like, would have been. But what I always tell my followers, too, is especially when you're even, you know, the small businesses. Yeah. Sometimes it is the haunting of what if, that is, that can that can really catapult you to get up and do something. Yes. Like even if it's a trash idea. Yes. Sometimes you just don't want to be haunted by what if. What if I actually bet on myself and try to go out and do? Talk this? about it. Talk about and it. And so I've I've tried over time, you know, to um, you know, like to undo that and to and to normalize things as saying no, um, you know. And what I mean by no is like or. I'm not interested to normalize <laughs> yeah, conversations yeah. like yeah. that a lot more because I became like a serial ghoster at one point once I broke up with my ex. Um, and I had so much like bottled up like anger about that. And that, cause that when my last relationship, it kind of, I felt like, and I feel like now I'm kind of able to kind of come out of that a lot more. I didn't realize how much hurt and how much damage that I'd done. Um, but I'm, but I would ghost women like crazy. And a part of me was like, I want to make someone else maybe feel the pain that, you know, that I'm feeling or so. So why is that? Know, were were you ghosted in the just, past? Huh? Why? Did you experience someone ghosting you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely that. And then also, I just didn't want to have the conversation. I think it was primarily that. And so now I'm just like, and it wasn't until... Um, I was dating this chick out of New York because mm-hmm. I was always up there, and she's so great because so we're Kevin, friends. Kevin, now. Kevin oh. is, uh, is is national boy. He, he got me, chicks man. all across <laughs> the United States, from New York to, to no. I ain't gonna limit you to national. You He's silly, international. Man. He got chicks in Tokyo and, and Iceland. He didn't talk about the chick in Iceland. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, I'm gonna say something crazy. But she was she was great. And what she said, she's like, hey, listen, yeah, we can keep hanging out, um, but it's probably going to be as friends. And we were already, like, close a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so she said to me, I was like, was wait. friends with benefits. Yeah, and so she said it to me, and I was like, hey, oh. And I suddenly kind of, like, I don't know, it was something different. The fact that, you know, her, her dishonesty. Yes. And just being, yes. and I was like, well, that's really refreshing. It and why? is. 
and and she's like and she told me she's like yeah you got to stop doing that there's nothing wrong why and we and she helped me to unpack a lot of that so now I've been trying to normalize saying no yes. a lot more. And not just in relationships, but also in business. Yeah. Like, and just and just and managing expectations. Right. Yeah. So it's it's so she told you she told you basically what the the basis of y'all's relationship was going to be yeah. and your takeaway was uh from that. Because what, were you thinking that she wanted something more, something more long lasting or something? Uh yeah, that's what I had assumed because you know Because most women. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. There was a writing on the wall that we weren't a good fit. Okay. And I think we both knew that. But me, um, I'm really tenacious. So when I get into something, like, I will stay in a really bad relationship much longer than I need to because I'm like, I don't want to quit on something. Yes. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. Yes. And so rather than, and I'm, and so rather than me taking that as like, Something is wrong with me. I've got to go ahead and fix this to make it work. I can actually just say, hey. <laughs> this ain't working. This isn't working. But you know what? You're great. Yes. And we could still be friends if you actually want that. Now, you know, you know the truth of the matter is I don't even say that anymore about the being friends. I just say, hey, surely we can go and hang out again, but it's going to be in a non, non-romantic way. Right. And I remember, like, one time there was this um, chick from my Instagram. Uh, I so like I met her at the gym and she's really nice. She was much younger than me, you know, I felt like, and then she, she sent me a message, a text message. It was really nice about two years ago. And she said, Hey, can I take you out? I'd love to do that. And I thought, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do that because yeah. that was a really nice. And, and, be fun. Yeah. and the fact that she put herself out there to be like yes. rejected, um, went out. I knew there was nothing there. Just wasn't that, you know, attracted, um, to her like that. And, um, just kind of went our separate ways and then she hit me up again even recently and i said sure but i used literally that that same language that the girl said to you yes <laughs> i used it and i mean i copied and pasted everything yeah. changed up the name so i was just like when i tell you that she sent me a text she said this is so weird but first off i want to just thank you i'm trying to for tell being you. so nice and then she called me and she said do you have a second and I said, sure. I'm like, please don't try to convince me otherwise. She, she said, this is the best response I'm I've ever gotten you. from a guy. Thank you for being so open and honest with me. You said me. it was from a guy, it was from a girl. Huh? <laughs> you should say it wasn't from a guy, it was from oh, a girl. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> that's Actually, why I was so great. <laughs> that's why it was so That's why I was so great. <laughs> And that's another thing too. It's like you got to get some of your, you know, yeah, your, your women, lady advice yeah. from women. from ladies. Yeah, sometimes you can't ask your home. Heck no, he'd be like, man, t- forget that, yeah, like, forget that bra. He'd be like, what? Yeah, but it was great. And she said, thank you so much. This is so nice, and we've been able to maintain a good relationship. There it is. And I and so I've I've learned a lot. You know. Um, so yeah, Jasmine was a jumping off point. A jumping off point before I. Uh, before you came in today, I got a text message. Like I said, I did a live yesterday, and mm-hmm. one of my friends said, I wish that y'all could have answered the question on what, why do men ghost? And mm-hmm. you just talked about that. Why did you ghost women? Um, succinctly, I didn't want to have the conversation. Um, and when I say I don't want to have the conversation is that sometimes saying no, I don't want to journalize it. I'm probably going to get some hate mail. No, that's saying real. Saying no to a black woman. <laughs> Sometimes that's an insufficient answer. Well, why? Why? I, mean, <laughs> I just didn't want to have the conversation. Um, that's happened before. Yeah. And then, you know, the second reason why I was saying this and trying to, I was masquerading as if, as if I was really concerned about their feelings. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Really, that just, that's a selfish thing for me, right? Yeah. I, it's, that's more about me, really, fundamentally. Yeah, like I can say, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want to do this. That's life. And you can't shield someone from that. You just don't want to see somebody else like getting their feelings hurt. This is about you don't want to see that, Kev. You don't want to do that. And the reality is, too, as a female gave me some advice, she's like, well, make, what makes you think that she's going to be upset about that, about you saying no? There it is. And so I was like, oh, snap. And that's the thing we we have to give we have to stop making decisions for people. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the things I learned is that give people the opportunity to accept or decline whatever. Yeah, I talked to a lot of my homegirls and they said these married men be trying to holler or or they'll say this: you have a guy that you know 
they already believe that a man only wants one thing. Yeah. But they say if you just tell a woman that, she may be on it. She may be yeah. like, listen, I, I just want you to know I don't see nothing with you, but I do want to smash. And she like, shoot. Correct. Hey, I'm glad we have to just, you know, we ain't beating around the bush. Let's Correct. get to it. And instead of saying, you know, well, I don't know if she's going to take this. I don't know if she's going to think I'm a jerk. I don't know if she's going to, yeah. you know, think I'm trash. Women are mature enough to make their own decisions. Yeah. And so that's why I even respected what you said in the earlier part of the conversation. Be like, hey, we know it's for a moment. We grown. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. And and just keep it 100. And I always say as long as people are, are honest with each other and you're not acting like you want to marry this woman just so you can smash her, and then as soon as you smash, you you done ghosted her. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like don't don't do that. Just say what it is, whatever it is you want. Yeah. Say it and let it be what it is. Yeah. Um. So with the um, as you are journeying through this thing called love and relationships, uh, when you in in your journal, you talked about you you envision what marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Is that how do you feel about like age? Uh, what is the age limit? Are you open to dating a woman 10 years, your junior or 10 years, your senior or what, what is that? I'd say thirties right now. Thirties in your thirties, thirties right now. Uh, are you open to different ethnicities? See, I see. See, a brother gets scared about this because he knows. No, 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 no. Actually, no, no, no. This is so. I have no problem answering that. So let me tell you about my last, my last. Okay. Thing answering this question, I was um, with a max with a match specialist, um, and she was trying to do this whole thing, you know, Mm -hmm. survey and whatnot. And she asked me that question. I said, "Oh, okay, just black women." And then she said, "Well, wait, 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 wait." (laughs) If you if you only do black women, then you're not really going to get the full experience um, of dating, of, yeah, of dating, yeah. and about this whole thing that you're paying a lot of money for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, okay. And then she said, so are you open to white women? And I said, I would probably, you know, I'm just not sure. Yeah. And so I said, let me go and you know think about that. And the more I thought about it, you know, like. Because my friends look like, you know, you know, the world. Yeah, yeah, you have. But in my dating life and I've seen that there's a comfort level in being with someone of your own. That looks like you. That looks like me, but also that understands like like. And maybe what I'm talking about is like I want, you know, if if she's culturally black. (laughs) <laughs> and I wouldn't, but she's ethnically maybe white. Yeah. I don't think there'd be a problem, right? Because sometimes I want to just be able to speak in Southern rap, you know, as a way to express myself. Like, what if I say, you need to watch your gale like you watch your male, something like that, you know, I'm trying to explain, or, you know, she's the chicken head or whatnot. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I kind of want you to get that, you know, reference. Uh, you exactly. know, we're playing the South Side. And yeah. Like, hey, you know, I kind of, you know, I like that. There's something that's comforting. It is. Um, and in this climate, I just feel that it's even more comforting because at the end of the day, yes. even though I am my own business, there's something, I remember my ex was really good at this. Um, was she black? Yes. Okay. Yes, she was black. And my sigh at the end of the day, like, ah. she mm. knows what that sigh Ooh, is. That's good right there. Talk yeah. about it. You know, and I don't have to explain. I don't have to, well, are you sure? That's the worst thing that you could say to someone in those moments. Um, especially when you just spent all day, you're keeping everything bobbled up. Yes. So when you come home, it's like a can of biscuits. You just pop, pop open, yeah. you know, and I need someone to put me back together. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to educate on top of that. I have no problem dating outside my race, but there is, there is a, you know, the comfort level that I feel I can't, I can't negate that. And it's, it's hard to look past that. Boy, you said a mouthful right there, boy. My goodness. Uh, this Sunday, I have um, I did this ceremony called the uh, Black Love Matters, where I sponsored three couples to get married, and we did it in th- in two weeks. I mean, it was like I did this thing on social media. I had this date reserved for my daughter. My daughter decided to do a destination wedding, and I said I'm gonna gift it to three couples. Put this thing on. It was a huge success that that will premiere on this Sunday, on the 13th of September. But it was dope. But when you think about that and black love and how important that is, you just just articulated exactly what that really represents. Every male that I have, 
the conversation leans towards that last relationship being something that was very painful and traumatic. Mm-hmm. Unpack that. What was the most devastating thing from that past relationship? The way that I viewed myself afterwards, I felt that I was inadequate. So what that means is that whenever I fully, you know, engage in something like I'm 100% committed. So there were a couple of rough patches, not in the very beginning enough to be like, hey, this is not going to work out. It's just more like it was a rough patch because for the first time I didn't have a good read on her and I didn't know like where her head was. So I didn't know how to help. And so because I had been through therapy myself, I said, hey, why don't we go ahead and get counseling? And, you know, so I was paying for that and I was paying for her to do her separate counseling. And then we would go together. And this is just dating. Plus, she was living with me at the time. Um, so I know that that was a lot. Yeah, right? it was. But, but I wanted to be able to understand because I'm fine. It wasn't about her being in my space. It was just like. I didn't understand, like, um, for instance, gosh, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. uncover her. Yeah, 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 because she was great. Yeah. I, I, I just felt that, like, I just couldn't get a good read on where she was. And I really, really wanted that. Yeah. Um, and that was my intention. But I think that that came off as being. Um, interrogating she yeah. felt interrogated and that wasn't the case it was yeah. just more like hey I'm very curious I, I want to know more like about you like and what makes you happy what makes you yes you know tick and, and, I, and I want those things so whenever she would you know say hey um, I like something I would like quickly like all right great so let me try to go ahead and do something around this God. because I really want this stuff to work out I really do oh I've been there and then uh, I, I'm doing that and, uh, you know, and still like going to counseling. And then I remember like one day we just got in like this really big fight and I had talked to the counselor and I said, listen, I'm trying, I'm spinning my wheels here. And the counselor, you know, actually confirmed. She said, well, I don't really know like what's going on either. And I said, wait, you don't understand. <laughs> and she's like, so no. You're the dog on and I said, Oh, well, that feels makes me a whole lot better. I, I felt a little bit better. Um, but even through all my efforts, I couldn't save that. Nah. I couldn't say that relationship. So I did walk away thinking that it was me. And it's very interesting. I never had a conversation with my ex about that, about my feelings. Really? About that. Well, about how I felt inadequate. But I remember our breakup conversation. She says um, to me, fine, this is not going to work out. Fine. But I, I want you to know. You are so adequate. Woo! You that are, heal, that's healing you right are there. You are wonderful, and there is nothing wrong with you. God. And I still walked away. I had to repeat that to myself. Because you still walked away feeling inadequate? Yeah, because I really wanted it to work. And I was thinking, like, goodness. And I, and, um, and I mean, I don't care now. You know, we're, 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 you know, we're friends and we're in a good place. And uh, I would read, like, you know, her blog post um, that she would post and she would reference me of course people didn't know that it's me but I'm, yeah. I'm reading these things and just uh, and I remember one in particular just really just like messed me up it was um you know I've had guys want to give me the world and I had to stop reading and you know because she said like, even recently and I'm thinking like how 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 can you say that how you know because it's not it wasn't the financial stuff, but it was just like, I really want to get behind you. Yes. I want to give you something that you would want. Yes. Right? And so that's why I walked away feeling like, dang, I could even give the entire world and give all of myself and all of my. And it still didn't work and out. And it still didn't work out. I went to counseling and most guys don't do that. At all. And it still didn't work out. And you have the nerve to come and tell the whole world that. That like and so in in some way I was like okay well I can see that it's you yeah you know right there but I still felt because you're a fixer yeah. see a lot of yeah. men we are fixers we we try to come into a situation we want to be the the Superman in our woman's life um, and we want to yeah. wrestle I I knew that my biggest issue is I have a damsel in distress uh, 
mindset. Oh, you're Captain Save. Oh, I'm Captain Save. I, you, you be the most broken. If you real broken, that just makes you even sexier to me. That's like a Tyler Perry movie. It's Go a ahead. straight up Tyler Perry. <laughs> have myself just abused. Because what happens is you'll find yourself in an abusive situation subconsciously mm-hmm. because you're you're you you getting this broken person and you're trying to touch them. And every time you're touching them, you're cutting yourself mm-hmm. because broken glass cuts. And yeah. so even time you, you may try to embrace them and hug them. You, oh my God, why am I getting cut in the process? Because yeah. they're broken. And and one thing that I had to recognize, even as I'm going through this journey, because uh, the Dear Future Wifey podcast is all about letting people inside of my journey of self-discovery as I talk to different people and glean information from them to put it in my treasure chest and say, all right, cool. I'm evaluating me, what I see love as, and um, on my on my journey of discovery to say this wasn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm gonna take away. This is yeah. what I desire. But yeah, I was, I was yeah. very dysfunctional. Yeah, very dysfunctional. You know, I've never been attracted to um, broken people. The patients. <laughs> what? Because you're like a nurse. You're like a doctor. <laughs> I've never been attracted to patients, but. <laughs> Or but they you could be disguised as a patient. You know, and the reality is I'm a patient too. Yeah, we yeah, all are. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just depends yeah. on what unit we in. Yeah, exactly. Some people in some intensive care units. Yeah. Like I told my ex, I was like, whoa, you know, you're a disaster. I was trying to be funny. I was like, you're a disaster. You gotta go and sit down. I like to joke around. You know, I like listen, have fun. If we're gonna go and you guys look, ooh, you're gonna, this is gonna require a lot of money. You gotta fix you. You know, but no, I'm I, I, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding and I'm also being serious. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I also because I know there's a lot of work that I had to, yeah. you know, go through, and I'm still, you know, you know, going through. Uh, but I've never been attracted to, to the patients, but I, I admire the people. Said to the patients, I'm well, dying every time you say, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> the way you described it, it's yeah, like, it is. I keep getting cut with glass. Well, nigga, stop holding. Stop holding. Stop holding. She jacked up. What's wrong with you? Let it go. <laughs> um, that was one particular person. That yes, it was one particular person. Yeah, what the heart wants, what the heart wants, though. But also, you just there, there's got to be a little bit of um, a logic in there too. Like you got to just kind of see it. And one thing that I remember Bishop Jake said, he said, "Be careful, especially when you are dating somebody who is perhaps a little bit more broken, and you are intentionally going in there to help that person out." He said, "Once that person is whole, you always feel differently about your nurse." So. How does she change after she feels whole again? And then how do you feel about the relationship, too? So Because you don't feel needed no more. Yeah. He said, so be careful falling in love with your nurse. That right there, a preach. Well, I guess it did because he, yeah. pre- he preached it, huh? Yeah, it was a really good thing that he said. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Was you going through what you were going through during the time of hearing that sermon? Yeah. I was, that was around the time of Jasmine. And did that give you clarity of making you not feel so inadequate in your own in your own self? Or do you still struggle with that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that we, I, I think like fundamentally, um, that's something that I'm probably always going to struggle with or be insecure about. So similar to the way that some people are insecure about the way that their mate, their partner feels about them. And they'll, yeah. they'll keep asking, do you love me? Do you love me? Yes. Like, I just said, I love you this morning. Why are you texting me? Do you love me? I just said that right. There are some people that actually are just going to do that and, and they need to be affirmed. That's why the love over languages are, yeah. are, 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 you know, so important yeah. with me. One of mine is affirmation too, yeah. and affirming, Hey, you are doing a good job. And I want to hear that from my, yes. you know, you know, from her. I want to feel that I, I'm doing a good job, that I'm actually meeting her needs, um, not just sexually, but just like, you know, like emotionally, financially. I need to hear that. I need to feel that. Yes. And really, it's not even hearing. I need to feel that energy from yeah. her. And so even though she's told you in your face, mm-hmm. it's like God spoke through her to you and said, listen, I just want you to know you never articulated that to her. And she said, mm-hmm. I just want you to know that you are not inadequate. Your exact words. Mm-hmm. That didn't add something to your soul. It did. It did. But in the same time, remember, in the context of that conversation, it's also a breakup. Oh, yeah, it is true. And it's something that I initiated because I was like, all right, I just can't make you happy. But even in you breaking up with her, she affirmed you. Yeah. And it still wasn't enough. No, it, it still wasn't enough at that, at that point because the only answer that I wanted to hear was, oh, my God, Kevin, you are right. I've been dumb this entire time. I'm going to run back into your arms now. I can't believe. 
God forgive me for God, my ways. For my uh, wicked ways. Yeah, I that wasn't, to, and, and that I'm wasn't so the answer I wanted. I'm so ungrateful. I need to be with you. Um, but that that helped out. You know, I, I think sometimes our job is like her job wasn't for her to make sure that I got that. Her job is just to plant the seed, there not, it is. not test out my soil. Yes, to there see it if is. I can receive it. That's good. Um, one thing that we also have to understand too is that we are not the source of someone else's happiness. Mm. Uh, and anytime we try to make ourselves the source, I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to make you whole. Then you have totally took the place of God. And so, yeah. and if Jesus Christ had to die for our sins for the redemption of our sins, then. Now I'm putting myself as a Jesus in their life. And then the minute you begin to be the Jesus in their life, then you better get ready to take that sacrifice too. Yeah. And so, and we don't want to take the sacrifice. You know, we want to be the person that's held up high and the person that's affirmed and lifted up. But Jesus was also somebody that, that, that bore some, some pain for us. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I've, I've, I've resigned from that. I don't, I don't want to be the Jesus in someone's life. I, like I said, I've been there. It hurt. It's painful. It's crazy. It gets a little bit of psychology. It gets a little bit psychotic at times where you're like, yeah. you're trying to, why can't you just be happy? And you you sound just like me. You're talking, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, they want this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you just keep doing, 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 and it's not working out yeah. instead of taking a step back and, and go, maybe it's just not meant to be. Well, okay. So let me just say like two things about that. You know, and therapy has helped me out with this. Uh-huh. So there are two things that, yes, it could be like meant to be. But secondly, sometimes we actually express love the way that we want to receive love. So in my doing, oftentimes, I'm doing it the way that I would want to, to, to receive it. Yeah. Um, and I was missing the mark. Because, and that's a really significant piece, just because I think as a man, we can, it's really easy, I feel like, stereotypically for us to define what love is. And it's usually like, you know, wrapped up in like security yeah. and respect. Yes. So when we give you those things, you know, Making sure that you're good and you're clothed and, you know, and we're, and we're eating good. We're going to travel good. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to surprise you that it's still possible to miss the mark completely. And there's not, it's not that something is wrong with her. It's the fact that perhaps you haven't taken time enough to find out how does she want to receive your love. There it is. And that's what was happening to my last relationship. Like part of it was just like, I don't need to do like all, all that stuff for her. She's fine with it. What she liked was like, for instance, um, she liked to go like, you know, you know, like hiking and stuff like outdoors. And I was always traveling and I was focused on work. And then she said that she wanted to go hiking in like Seattle one day. And I said, let's go. So she booked a trip and I canceled work at that time. I mean, I work for myself, so it's not yeah. like I'm can't, you know, yeah. but I and, and we went up to Seattle and we did hiking and other stuff and I allowed her not allowed her but she went and she booked the Airbnb for us and I say that because it's something that I I wouldn't have booked for us yeah yeah but uh that stuff is really important for her and to her so even though I didn't want to go and do that just because like for instance <laughs> we had to rent this car and I remember we had to drive like 45 minutes out I'm like, God, why she pick some place so far out? And then we driving up to some farm, literally to some farm, and I'm seeing goats and everything else up there in Seattle. And these old white people come out to the front of the house. I'm like, Oh hell no, we stand with some people. And then they put us, they put us below, and they're like, Yeah, we're just so happy for y'all to come and stay with us. And I'm like, Oh my God, I would never pick this place. Why am I here? Uh, and then, you know, the house, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not going to be getting any on this trip because we can't do anything. <laughs> in these people's houses. Yes. From total strangers. But she loved it. And did she have a great time? She had a great time. And that, and that would be her mm-hmm. most memorable trip with you, huh? You think so? One of them, yeah. The other one was was really spontaneous, too. Um, Where y'all go? I went to Nassau. And it was in the middle of the night, uh, like... There was a project that I was supposed to be in New York for, and it just fell through. Um, and so I said, well, why don't we go someplace? And she said, well, where can we go? And I said, well, go online and find a place. God, no. And so she, she, we found a good trip to Nassau. So we literally got up like that next day, and we were in Nassau. See, uh, that's when you're balling out of control like Kevin. You know, you can just up mm. and just take trips everywhere. Have kids. <laughs> you mm. had no kids. That um, is true. You don't have no kids. Yeah. Would you date a woman with kids? Perhaps. 
perhaps keep it all ambiguous. Uh, so perhaps. Do you yeah, want, yeah, perhaps. Do you want kids? Yeah. Yeah. So in your perfect recipe for love, there is no recipe for love, but what would you want? What's your ideal woman? You know, it's funny. Whenever you said this to Dear Wifey, I didn't know that. that I thought this was the name of this podcast. Um, I, so, like, my book came out in 2018, and I dedicated it to to my future wifey. You did? Mm-hmm. And you said wifey. F- dear, dear the future wifey. Oh, that's Just dope. All these different things that I wanted us to do together. Oh, um, that's dope. I wish and, I would have had. I would have read some of the... Some of the things that you said. Yeah, a lot of women like that. They actually said it to the, because it, I mean, it's a really honest thing. And at the time I, I, that I wrote that book, I was with my ex. So a part of it, you know, it was, was speaking just, to her. Yeah. Um, and so in her absence, I was like, well, I'm not going to take that part out. No. Nah. I'm going to, I want this exact same truth. thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things you remember? Oh, about that? I, I, uh, I said, um, want to do long walks around the city with um with max my dog i want you to be uh you know cooking oat waffles on a, on a saturday morning that are <laughs> healthy and nutritious for us before you know after a hike i want you to try to cook up you know a food that i had you know growing up and let my mom innocently shade your actions you know oh that's nice but don't do mine like that baby i want my mom to i want you to feel all feel the that weight shade. yeah feel the weight of that <laughs> You come for me aside. Listen, you gotta get your <laughs> um and yeah, and I want us to travel the world and learn different cultures together and have new experiences, things that we've never done, both both of us getting out of our comfort zones. Um so yeah. That's dope, man. Are you the nice guy? I've been told that I'm too nice. You know, my buddies up in New York and I'm I'm much better now, but I remember when I when I first started traveling up there, I got it like a little you know family up there now. Yeah. And the, the New Yorkers, they're like, Kev, you too much of a sweetie pie, man. You too much. You they call me sweetie pie. You're too nice to these women. You gotta stop. You know the way they talk. You gotta stop. Like, you gotta stop. stop you gotta yo. stop, man. You gotta stop doing that. You gotta. You're too much of a sweetie pie. <laughs> I bet you a lot of women want you to cook for them, huh? Yeah. So it's kind of like a bit of a role reversal, how men always want a woman that can cook and all that. Now you become that role reversal for women who want you to just sit down and cook for them. Yeah. Would you know, I don't, I don't necessarily mind that. In fact, in my last relationship, it was really funny because she was really, really, really good at like putting stuff together, like really good at like crafts and just, and you know, like, you know, worksmanship, basically the stuff that stereotypically (laughs) men men do. do. And I remember one Saturday, she was rearranging and putting together all this stuff that we bought over at Home Depot. She had the nail and the hammers in there. And I was literally cooking breakfast. I was like, all right, well, that's fine. Hey, babe, what you need. Exactly. And I, and I was fine doing it. I was like, all right, you know, it, you know, it tracks. She's happy. I'm happy. That's what it's about. Yeah. And we talked about that in a, in a recent episode is that. Stop falling into these gender roles where it's like, well, a man has to do this and a woman has to do that. And then it's it's crazy because when people are secure within themselves, then it brings that same security into the relationship. And she could be putting together that shelf while you're over there cooking this gourmet meal. Yeah, that's silly. As long as you're, I mean, I'm not sure. Is this a PG or is this like a... It's it's, it's whatever. As long as you're just taking care of business, I feel like it, it shouldn't be, it should not come into... Like play. What you mean by taking care of business, Kevin? Laying pipe. You grown. There it is. Just say what it is. <laughs> yeah. He said, as long as you lay in pipe, it should be all right. Yeah. I, I've never had that. I've never had that problem in in terms of like, hey, I don't want you to be clean like that. And, and, no. Because that's, that's, you know, no. And so when people read what you wrote in that book, mm-hmm. um, how long was that? That was the 2018 book? Yeah. The 2018 book. Do you ever go back and read those again? Because I know you started trying to release those expectations from your life. Yeah. Uh, I don't go back and reread it. I don't go back. Um, that stuff is always just going to be a part of me. So I don't yeah. really need to go and do that. All I have to do is just think about it. I mean, and it's right there. Um, but and it's not about, you know, 
coming full circle with the conversation, it wasn't necessarily about like releasing the expectations as much as it was, or maybe it was actually, it was putting that pressure like on myself in order to go ahead and get that. On yourself. And the more that I did that and the more that wasn't happening, the more despondent I got, the more upset I got. And really it caused a little bit of a rift with me and God. There you know, it is. You know, the way good. that I felt about God because I was thinking like, you know, God, I think it's kind of messed up. And literally, I'm talking to him just like that. I was like, I think yes. it's kind of messed up that, like, the stuff in my life that comes, you know, really easy and business and academics and doing those things, is like, that stuff has not, you know, sure, it comes with its own struggles and stuff, but it hasn't necessarily, like, has been as hard as this. Why is this part hard for me? Why is this part, why is, why do I have to do to go through this part, you know, and and you know that this is such a, a huge part of who I am, who I've always been, like as a child. And so, it just sucks that 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 that, that hasn't happened yet. Um, and I blamed him a lot for that. Mm-hmm. I, I blamed God, um, and really kind of you know, and people didn't really know this because I still it's it's not one of those things where I was like outright you know cursing God, but I just took a little bit of a step back. Um, because just the disappointment there, I didn't understand. Uh, and then I had my nevertheless moment. It's like, it is what it is. You know, I, so. What was that nevertheless moment? <clears throat> tired of being sad. You're just tired of, whew, I can't be upset about this anymore. So what I wanted to do and what I started doing was what I would want someone to do for me, which was to celebrate when good things happen. So when people are getting married or they're having kids or whatnot, like, and I genuinely am, I, I quickly, quickly go and celebrate those moments. I don't want to become that bitter person who is like, why, you know, like you blessing them. Why can't you bless me? You know, it's just celebrate someone else's happiness. There it is. Um, and that gives me a lot of it. And, you know, I would tell myself something that I heard a long time ago, like, all right, well, this person got married. This person got a kid. All right. Well, God, you're getting closer to me. Get closer to me. You know, um, but at the same time, because I, I don't want to go down that path, it's not that I'm giving up hope, and I hope this kind of lands well or articulates it, but I'm getting to that point where even if it doesn't happen, God, you've still been good. My life is still in a good place. Um, I'm able to do things other people have not been able to able to travel people dream of yeah and i'm i'm able to help out um in ways that i haven't been able to before so even god if i don't get this was my prayer actually a couple nights ago even if she never comes let me be okay with that and let me find happiness where i am let me and not even find happiness let me embrace the happiness that you've already kind of given on that note before I get teary-eyed Because that's that's powerful Thank you Kevin Curry For joining us On the Dear Future Wifey Podcast When I say brother You are dope You're brilliant And I know for a fact I can't wait to do An update on this And you're going to have Your dope woman Walking alongside of you uh, Serving your purpose With you Because um, you already seem Like you're choosing Purpose versus preference And so you're already Right there So thank you for joining us On the Dear Future Wifey Podcast And dropping these Awesome gems I really enjoyed having this conversation with Kevin. I love it when I get a chance to sit down, break bread with my brothers and just talk. Um, there's a narrative out there that men don't want to be married, that um, we don't value marriage. And so it was very impactful for me to talk to this brother um, and just hear his insight and know that he's been desiring marriage at a very young age. Really don't hear much about that. So uh, shout out to my boy, Kevin, for being Uh, For keeping it lit Dear future wifey There's no recipe for love But there are some notable methods And key ingredients I desire In my commitment cuisine First off I don't want a microwavable love affair One that gets hot fast and cold even quicker Miss me with the no lid over the skillet love Sure the sex is sizzling But we're constantly faced with heated situations popping up We're stinging each other with each syllable And neither one of us are wise enough to just put a lid on it. 
I refuse to be in a pressure cooker kind of love in which we're operating on high levels in our careers, our family, and in our personal lives, suppressing our true feelings, always performing, never relaxing, or enjoying one another. Eventually, our marriage will explode from the pressure. Give me that crock pot kind of love. As a kid, I hated to see my mom pull out the slow cooker for dinner. I often grew impatient awaiting the slowly simmering delectable as its tantalizing aroma crip walked to my nostrils. My thirsty behavior would convince me to crack open the pot for a closer whiff or to cop a spoonful at which my mom would yell from another room, get out that pot, it's not done yet. What is yet? It looked done to me. My love, our crock pot love will build over time, slow and steady, tried and true, consistent. Like NDRE, it will be steady love. As the cook, the preparer, the nourisher, my mama knew the best things come to those who wait. My savior knows that even more. So I'm waiting. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.